international pet sitting, house swapping, and living in Mexico for a year. We're going to cover all of that in this great interview with Catherine Harvey, a good friend of mine who has found creative ways to travel more for less. It's all happening today on the very first episode of the Globetrotter Lounge. You're listening to the Globetrotter Lounge podcast. Conversations with women travelers who have found creative ways to travel more for less. With your host, travel hacker and online course creator, Jet Set Lizette. Hey everyone, this is Jet Set Lizette. And before I push play on this episode of the Globetrotter Lounge podcast, I'd like to invite you to download my Globetrotter Roadmap to Free Travel. It breaks down the steps I've taken to rack up and consistently maintain over a million airline miles and hotel points over the last five years. So far, I've saved almost $90,000 in travel costs, and so can you. You can get it for free at RoadmapToFreeTravel.com. And if you want even more guidance, my online course, Jet Set 101, Becoming a Travel Hacker, teaches you everything you need to know to leverage the incredible travel credit card sign-up bonuses that are out there and start traveling for practically free. Along with video course modules, you also get the tools and resources that I use to successfully travel hack without going into debt or damaging my credit score. And it includes access to me through monthly coaching calls. You can get more information at jetset101course.com. Okay. Well, welcome, Catherine Harvey, to the Globetrotter Lounge podcast. Glad to have you here. Thank you, Lizette. It's great to be here. We're going to talk today a little bit about how you found creative ways to travel more for less. Mm -hmm. And I'm really looking forward to it because you've definitely done some things that I have never done and that I've always wanted to do. Right. So I'm really excited. And also, I love it that you are just like a regular person like me. Yes, a regular person that got fed up with the routine I was in and needed to find a way to travel more. Not just for less, but just even um, fitting in more more of it while still maintaining a regular, generally a regular work life. Right. Yeah, that's what I want to know about. Mm-hmm. So, well, before we get into the the kind of nitty gritty, let me just ask you. Um, so, where are you currently based? You're here. I'm here in Seattle, Seattle right now, and I am doing a house sit. Because I was living in Mexico last year, when I got back, I've actually been able to cobble together these extended three-month house sets. So I've not yet even returned to renting. I'm still in this flexible house sit mode, even in our own city. You can do it abroad. You can do it here. Hadn't thought of that. Yeah. Okay, great. So... So you consider, would you consider Seattle your home base? It is, okay. yes. So I grew up here, n- proud native Seattleite. It's a good place to to return to after being abroad or other places in the country. It's nice. So yes, this is my home base. Great. Well, I'm also a proud native Seattleite. We're kind of rare I know. on the streets of Seattle. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Um, Okay, so you're from here, and when did you first kind of get bitten by the travel bug? Right, so my parents are definitely adventurous travelers, even as they are aging. 
Um, they honeymooned by taking a plane from Seattle to Houston and then a train to Mexico City in the early 70s. That's awesome. So when I was a preteen, we went back to Mexico. And what I loved, even when we were in a very touristy area, like we were in Puerto Vallarta, my dad right off the bat said, let's go off the beaten path. Just go back a few blocks off this main street and we will find more what the locals are doing. Mm. And that was shown to me in a very respectful way. Like, well, what are they doing? What are they eating? Let's go, you know, observe this and participate if we can. So I loved it. I was taking beginning Spanish. And then when I realized, oh, I can even talk to people. And um, I was drawn in by seeing how other people were living that was different than how I was growing up. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Great. So how old did you say you were? Um, 13. Okay. So we traveled prior, but that, that at that age, kind of preteen, almost teen, I felt like I was at that point of looking bigger and broader outside mm. of me yeah. some. And yeah, it felt great. It felt great to connect with people somewhere else than the little world I was in here. Makes sense. Yeah, no, that's that's an awesome experience. Um, so did you get to travel more, you know, before you went off on your own? Would you travel with your parents more after that? Or Yeah, we, we did. We traveled, um, I think, because of being in Seattle and the weather and all that good right. stuff. It was a lot of, you know, Hawaii, Mexico, more tropical, um, get some warmth. Um, but by the time I was in college, I realized I really want to do this. And I studied abroad in Spain. Hmm. And it, I feel like, and even... Now I'm much more clear on it, but a lot of my decisions have been with this baseline, how to support this desire. Mm -hmm. So even at 19, 20, when I was a college student, I was saving money. I wasn't handed a bunch of, you know, I was like, how can I do these things? This is what I want to be. Yeah. So you were kind of already trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. Like, I really like this experience of travel Exactly. How can I? How can I make it happen? Right. Okay. Um. So I so I asked you here today because I understand you've done uh, a number of things mm -hmm. as you've figured out creatively how to travel more for less. Um, you've done some international pet sitting. Mm -hmm. You've done uh, some house swapping. Right. <laughs> and. You have actually managed to live abroad right. for extended right. periods of time. So how did that actually start? You know, when did you get started with, you could pick, I don't know if you want to sort of launch into talking about all of them or you want to pick one or which came first. Right. Or, you know. I think that, um, and, and we can go into this probably more later, but just suggestions I would have. Part of the way I got into this is, no, not liking that some people would shoot down my dream or idea, mm. right? And I knew I wanted to keep my stable job. And so I started just investigating and researching. And obviously, the internet and Google are great, because I looked at what could I do? So the international, the house sitting swap, or rather not the, the house swap, where it's just free and clear, mm -hmm. 
I was just talking to a neighbor and she said, we do this house exchange and there's this website, InterVac, go look at it. So the long and the short is I just put my house out there on this information for people to view. And this French family viewed it, bid on it. I mean, no money, but just said, great, if our dates match up. And, you know, you never know until you ask type of thing. I went to my boss and I said, would it be possible for me to take all my vacation in one chunk? Hmm. And I had four weeks. And he said, let's look at the calendar. So I took the month of August. Mm -hmm. The French family came. (laughs) We went to outside of Paris and it was good to go. Yeah. Amazing. So so how long ago was this? That was 2008. 2008. So almost 10 years ago. Right. Coming up on 10 years. Right. And uh, what kind of work do you do? So I'm a project manager and I manage specifically translation projects. Okay. So... Anything we see today, essentially, that is sold globally, we people put into that language, hopefully. Okay. Yeah. So managing okay. how that works around the world. Mm-hmm. So, and it's not the kind of job you could do. You're not doing this. You weren't working while you were gone. No. You took no. your vacation time. Right. Okay. Because I worked with a team here in Seattle, mm-hmm. it wasn't an option for me to, yeah, okay. maybe check email. But so what I was looking at is, do I quit my job and I'm broke? That is not the way, only way to travel, right? Mm-hmm, right. It's like there's got to be some other ways to do this. Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, without completely, which, you know, I'm always amazed people definitely do that. I'm going to be interviewing a friend who, you know, traveled the world for a year she definitely quit her job. Right. She saved a bunch of money. And that's right. great. You know, I, maybe I, I would like to do that myself. Right. Uh, but if I like hearing what you're saying, because it's like, if I'm not ready to do that big mm-hmm. step, I could just do an extended amount of time. Right. And how did a month feel for you, that experience being there? How was that for a length of time? It was amazing because after only three days, I remember... It, we were commenting to each other, my partner at the time, we were saying, okay, now we know which market has the best roast chicken. Now we know where we buy this. Here's the metro. So in another country, which maybe you've experienced, I think a lot of people have, you have to figure out a lot real quick. And then, and so it felt like a great amount of time because, um, I mean, my longer might have even been a little better, but it was long enough to really have established routines, know the neighborhood, meet even neighbors, feel more than a tourist. Right. Yes. I feel like that's been a frustration for me. You know, I do a lot of travel with (laughs) with miles and points, Mm -hmm. um, and it's been great, but I'm finding this this draw to stay longer, and it's almost making me a little bit crazy in a way because I'm going to all these places that I'm sort of skimming the surface. Right. And then I leave. And now I've just got this huge list of like, you know, okay, I've got to go back to Japan and Uh spend more time. And then I've (laughs) got to go back to Scotland and spend more time. And, you know, it's like all these places. And so I guess I just like that a month felt like long Mm -hmm. enough. Because sometimes I think, well, it should be three months. Right. It's, a month. And I've done that a few times over now. So I did that with Peru mm-hmm. and then Argentina was, I went 
separate trip than Peru. I went for three weeks. And I used to maybe bounce around, see as many spots in neighboring countries within a short duration. I had done that in my 20s. So now with some more vacation time and more income, like Peru, for example, I thought this place deserves (laughs) more than my, you know, seven day um, vacation. And I'm not going to try as much as I wanted to. There actually was a health um, barrier in place. I wanted to go to Brazil, but then Mm. there was an issue I couldn't. And I thought, well, I'm going to get to know Peru better and really be here. Right. Um, so I do, I think that that is a good amount of time and, you know, there are a lot of things we can do once we're in those places that one of the best websites I found, and I will just recommend it's called work away. Okay. And it's global. When you go on, you could look and right now I could see, okay, Cuenca, Ecuador, they have this farm that needs help. And for example, I've known families that will be on vacation somewhere in their high rise, you know, have their tourist time, love it for a week, and then actually go do one of these projects for a week. Hmm. And you stay on the site and it's basically room and board and you help the locals get to know them. But it's all ranges. There's one right now on Whidbey Island. I mean, it's everywhere. Great. Yeah. So that, I think, is something that helps people prolong um, a trip Mm -hmm. to not make it just about, here's my allotted vacation time. I think there's even employers that support that because Mm -hmm. sometimes it's um, volunteer work. Right. Yeah. So that's what I was going to ask. So it's like volunteering Mm -hmm. to help and serve the community while you're there, finding little projects. That's great. That's actually another topic I plan to explore quite a bit on this podcast is service, doing service yes. when, when we travel. Yeah. Um, okay, so just just to make sure I understand, you've done this a number of times. Mm-hmm. This was a house swap also in Peru? No, sorry. When I say the number, t- I mean... The length of time. The length of With time. Similar, I started realizing okay. I want to do these, yeah. Okay. And... Um, when you did the house swap, before we go into like pet sitting, when you mm-hmm. did the house swap, so basically this might seem obvious, but it works well because number one, you don't have to pay for rent. Right. <laughs> you took your vacation time, so you were getting paid essentially by your job. Exactly. So for those of us that have jobs with right, vacation right. pay, then wow, you're still making money. If I guess if you don't have that, you could save a little money first. Exactly. Save in advance. Save in advance. But at any rate, you're not paying for room and board. Well, you're not paying for your room, but you're just going to pay to eat. Exactly. And explore. Explore. And kind of almost like if you were at home, maybe eating out a little more, but if you have a house. Right. We cooked plenty and yeah. Yeah. So you're not stuck in that trap of not being able to cook in a hotel room right. or in a hostel. Well, some hostels have kitchens, but with other people. And so it sounds really nice because yeah. you're also in a home. Did you have use of the car? I know sometimes we did. We did have use of the car. And I was going to say the other part about being in a home that was so nice is a launching point to go off and travel around mm-hmm. the country. So um it was easier to be motivated. Oh, we're going to eat in for a few nights, do some simple things even in our own little neighborhood in Paris. And then, okay, next week we're going to Normandy. We're going to go venture. The 
I'm surprised, but to tell you the truth, the contract that is signed, it is really just up to both parties agreeing on good faith. There's no contractual thing saying, if you wreck my car, hmm. da, da, da. Okay. It's just both people have insurance. You cover what you cover. And um, as far as the home, you know, putting away valuables, maybe if there's a locked room or something, the rest of the house I I felt if somebody is signing up and doing this and giving us their home, right? I felt pretty comfortable saying, "Well, here's ours as well." Okay. Um, and I know three different families now that have done this every summer for the past well since 2008, so almost hmm. ten years successfully, okay, and haven't had an issue. But yes, yeah, so you have use of the car. You also have, um. Of course, people give a lot of information just kind of to help get you pointed. So sure. you're coming in at a little faster pace to get settled. Okay. And like when you mentioned the French family came, you mm-hmm. were still there when it, they arrived? Well, what was worked out in in my favor was great. The French family was still in France at the home, and they um, hosted us for the first three nights. Oh, okay. So you it went was there. Lovely. And yes. then they went. Yes. So somebody might get that benefit of like getting oriented to the home right, and then right. the other family doesn't, but that's okay. So you, and then you did this again? So the benefit was they fed and showed us around. And then as they left, <laughs> I said, there's a lasagna in the fridge for you. Heat it nice. up. Have a great time. <laughs> bye. Yeah. Bye. That's great. So did you do this another, have you done other house swaps? Um, I have, but in much shorter, less formalized ways. So within a country, so meaning uh, within Mexico and traveling, Mm -hmm. there's, I got to know some of the expat community. There are a lot of message boards. Once you stay somewhere, I would say longer than just a few weeks. It's like, oh, there's all these resources here. Um, And a lot of expats in other countries will travel and say, hey, we actually have a dog now. <laughs> Could right. you please stay in our home? Okay. Um, so I did that as well as for locals. Okay. Um, yeah. So that was the pet sitting. Right. Angle. Right. Okay. And that was when you were already in Mexico? I was living in yes. Mexico, renting my own apartment. Okay. And um, a friend had turned me on to this idea. She said, it's a great way to find out about new neighborhoods. Hmm. If you really want to settle down and live in a, another place that you don't know well, um, here's a way to explore it more is okay. offer pet sitting. Right. And, and so, yeah, it was wow. a great way. Yeah. So the pet sitting you've done has been more informal, kind mm-hmm. of like the house well, you weren't really house swapping, or maybe did you do any house swapping based on your Mexico connections, or where people were actually staying in your home? Right? No. Okay. No. That's, so, you, so it, it was just once, to the pet sitting. Yeah. Okay. And then the pet sitting has really has been more since I came back to Seattle. Okay. And finding a way here uh, because I'm now at this impasse of mm-hmm. do I want to keep on traveling and go again, or how settled in here do I want to get? So, so you still have your home here? No, because okay. I, yep. So tell me about home. the Mexico, you know, so right, it right. seems like we're kind of easing into that anyway, but tell me what happened to get you to Mexico. I mean, right, what was the right. decision-making process like? How did you get into that? So one of those, 
last um, long vacation excursions, um, I was in Belize and then again Mexico around 2015, and. A, a lot of things were happening in my corporate job. I'd been there 16 years. Wow. And I looked at it as I'm either going to stay here for the duration or I'm going to need to break free and go do some other things. Yeah. So basically, I decided before I want to look and take another job, I'm going to take an extended break. So I planned, um, I saved some money, mm-hmm. planned it out. Uh, went and got my certificate in teaching English as a second language hmm. and then applied for jobs all over, like in Japan, in a variety of countries. Um, <laughs> I'm a little bit, not embarrassed to say, but, you know, Mexico is just so near and dear to my heart. And from that first trip I took as a teenager with my parents, it's where I landed. I yeah. said, you know what? I got this job offer in the Yucatan Peninsula um, for a really small um, Maya school where kids, their uh, Spanish was their second language. Oh. And so English would be their third. And anyways, I thought, this is it. This is great. I'm going to go. Um, so I quit my job. And they, you know, it went really well because I'd been there so long. I felt like, okay, I get this break. And um, it was not unlike moving anywhere, other than there's these added things here in a different country. But in the sense of, you know, the world, so many places are now, you know, everything's on the internet. And it was literally like, okay, I'm staying in an Airbnb, and I'm going on the Craigslist of Mexico and looking for apartments. I didn't have a place to permanently reside when okay. I got there. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I just went through all the regular processes and got an apartment and worked and did did life in another, another wow. country. So you had investigated a place to just initially rent mm-hmm. online without right. seeing it in person, you know, actually, you got, or did you go down in advance? No. So I take that back. What was set up for me that worked really well, they had um, teacher dormitory housing, oh, essentially. Yeah, sure. And what was really great about that place, um, and which is another website I will recommend, I don't know if you want at the end, um, yeah. there's a very strong um, volunteer organization out of Australia. And they now have locations all around the world, and these dormitories house volunteers. Okay. So um, you'd see all combinations of people, a mother, daughter. You can literally go for a week and work with animals, you know, hmm. so many scenarios. So that's where I lived. So what was um, the website? I know you Yeah, it's again. IVHQ, International Volunteer Headquarter is okay. like the acronym, IVHQ. Okay, great. Yeah, and I'm planning to include a list of all the different websites, Mm -hmm. you know, when I post this online. Um, So, okay, so that... So, yeah, so I stayed there, Mm -hmm. I mean, with all the teachers. So, you know, so there's the internet we can use to look up all this to get us started, I feel like. And then I found, you know, the good old school networking, just talking, building relationships, word of mouth... So even within this community where there's these gals from Australia and me and then the Mexican um, 
cook that we had, this amazing senora, everybody starts looking out for each other. Oh, you want a place on your own. Oh, you're looking for roommates, this, this, this. And eventually all of us were getting places to live. Right. (laughs) And so, yeah, it was, it was very interesting and rewarding for sure. And you were making some money at this job. So you'd saved money. How much were you needing to rely on what you'd Mm -hmm. saved? Or were you able to support yourself pretty well? So, yeah, it's interesting because um, I lived in a couple different apartments. I kind of moved up. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I moved moved across, I said, Avenida Once to a nicer place. Mm -hmm. And still, I would say I was always... um, probably only using about $500 was the gap that okay. came out of my savings each month. Okay. Um, and that's because all my stuff's in storage here. Right. I have a sprint bill based on U.S. dollars, not pesos, okay. you know, things like that. So, um, you know, I had kept my U.S. phone. So the I had saved money, but the truth is I really went, with a plan to see if the income I was making teaching would support mm-hmm. me living there. And it came pretty close. Great. Yeah. And when did all this start? I forgot to ask. What? Oh, right. So I, um, 2016, basically 2016. for most okay. of the 2016 and, you, and into 2017. And into 2017. Right. Okay. So you right. came back. Beginning of 2017. About a so, year ago. Yeah. yeah. All right. Pretty amazing. So, you know, I guess I want to ask a couple things. One is, um, did you have some challenges that came up, you know, that you, <laughs> sure that you felt like, whoops, I didn't realize it was going to be like this. And if so, like, how did you overcome those mm-hmm. challenges? What were some of the top mm-hmm. ones so people could kind of hear and learn about that? Right. So, I mean, this is really, I guess it's for a trip, an extended trip as well, but really also for living abroad, even if it's, and when I say living abroad, even if you're anything over than a couple months where you're really in a routine somewhere else and you're not seeing people at home. Mm. What I ran into was as much as I thought I wanted to be somewhere else, I was, it's not even that getting lonely. I was around a ton of people. I wanted to stay so connected to friends and family at home Mm. that I wasn't feeling very present in where I was. You know, I was like really one foot in, one foot in each place. Okay. And so I started to realize I wasn't getting integrated enough in Mexico when places I wanted to and activities. I still would ask my friends, oh, you know, it's August. Are you going on hikes? And which sounds silly. It's like, it's normal to keep up with people, but I really was feeling too reliant, I guess is the best way to say it. I felt Mm. too reliant on friends and family at home and I wasn't expecting that. Okay. And oddly enough, I will tell you what I did, which turned out to be one of the best experiences. Um, I realized when you love travel, once you're are traveling, you have to remember what are all the other things I love? Cause now here I am doing this one thing. There's more to me than that. So I went on a meetup site in Spanish and found a hiking group. And it was awesome. I joined this weekend hiking group. And, you know, I wasn't going to go snorkeling every weekend. It's like you're not a tourist (laughs) forever. And that's what I learned. You just, you're not. And so (laughs) I would do hiking. I looked into this book club 
a bunch of things. Um, there was a yoga studio I started going to. And those things might seem obvious, like, of course you would do that, but it wasn't. You know, I was in Mexico. I was taking in a lot of what I normally would have on a Mexican vacation. Sure. And it took a while to be like, I'm feeling kind of off. I'm not really here. Yeah. So I started doing more things that I would do in Seattle and do anywhere. That's a great idea. I yeah. mean, that's a really great discovery because I think even doing something like that on a shorter, you know, even if it's not, okay, I've relocated for a year somewhere else, but even if it, if you were somewhere a month or two, mm-hmm. it might be nice Absolutely. to do something that's not just the touristy thing. Like, oh, right. for me, I love dance. Yeah. Like, go take a dance class. Yes. And I think I forget to do that. Yes. Even on short trips, you know. And it's, and the, the beauty of it, it's, it covers so many, it feels good in so many ways because it connects you to something you love. It's hilarious because you're doing, you're getting instructions. I mean, Mexico is much easier. That's a much softer landing, but you can do this in Shanghai and not speak the language. You just go along with what's happening, you know? Yeah. That's great advice. And maybe like you said, you said, oh, this might be obvious, but I don't, I don't think so. I think this was a really good idea yeah. for me to hear as yeah. someone who travels a lot. Yeah. Um, okay. So you also um, had probably some ro- other roadblocks. I'm wondering if things came mm-hmm. up, I don't know, logistical issues, yeah. whether it's money or right. I don't know. Right. Just things as a foreigner maybe also that were problematic. Maybe not. But did you have anything logistically troubling? <laughs> yeah, I did um, because I voted from Mexico. Ah. And it was quite a process. And it took, of course, over three days. Um, and it really was a matter of, and when I say I voted, I mean for the U.S. election, okay. not in yep. Mexico. I was right. not getting um, there, citizenship. But. And in any case, not unlike the fact that I had to pay my electric bill in person. I loved it. I'm a curious person. To me, it it opened my eyes to the cultural and political comings and goings of how they operate, the bureaucracy, the levels of paperwork. I mean, just the whole thing was was interesting. You know, I could only do two hours on the computer at this spot. They had to scan the paperwork. I had to wait for the Washington state receiving in to say, we got it, you know, on and on. Um, the hours of course, you know, it was like open 12 to two or so, you know, anyway, um, that's a, it was a big deal that I got my vote in. And it was also, that's a small logistical thing. It was more, how do I, excuse me, arrange, how do I do life under these, um, kind of different circumstances, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure there's lots of little day-to-day things that we won't totally get into here, but I can imagine that at first are kind of awkward and hard, and then you figure it out and right. settle. And just like even when you move yeah. in town, sometimes things come up, right, besides moving to another country. Um, well, and we're, you know, probably going to wrap up soon. And one thing mm-hmm. I want to make sure to ask is, you know, this this podcast, I'm really focusing on interviewing women, and I'm Mm-hmm. Planning to ask probably every woman this question, but it's like, as a woman mm-hmm. traveling, um, what maybe I'm imagining number one, there's fears that other mm-hmm. people have, maybe your friends and family, they're projecting on you of what right. you know, you're going off and doing this. Um, and then also, were there any 
Mm-hmm. You know, so fears of other people, friends and family, but also anything come up as a woman, mm-hmm. like living in Mexico or even right. with the house swap, extended travel. Right. Yeah. Just anything you have to share. Yeah. I would say that it's really important to go to those people, not ignore the warriors because they have a reason that they have those feelings and that's fair. And I had them myself. So what I needed to do and still do is go around the people that are supporting this Mm -hmm. and encouraging it and saying, you're really brave, keep going instead of all the fears that get projected, which there are plenty of. Mm -hmm. And so there are, you know, like your podcast and like the other women that you're um, interviewing, I feel like I've been really lucky to find more and more people to be around that are saying, yeah, we're doing this too. It works. Because even after all of this I've said I've done right now, I'm sitting here thinking, am I going to tell my parents that next year I think I'm going to (laughs) go? If they listen to this, they'll know. You know, I am currently planning. um, What's my next big thing going to be? Am I going to go do some extended travel, live somewhere? Um. The fears, I, I'm just going to be, just say, as a female, um, personally, I notice I don't feel it's about being female. I felt pretty respected in most places because I went into it respectfully. Mm. I'm not pushing a lot of boundaries and, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> um, and, you know, I, I'm definitely using street smarts, so to speak, mm-hmm. not going out at night, sure. um, knowing my neighbors, just some really, um, you know, kind of, yeah, just being known where I am and, um, and being careful, just general travel smarts. What I did find, um, being an American traveling right now, um, it was challenging and frankly, it was, um, quite sad in Mexico after the election. Um, People were pretty alarmed. The peso was the weakest it had had been in like 40 years. Mm. Um, And going out in November and December and doing things, of course, everything was still outrageously festive and beautiful and amazing Mm -hmm. for the holidays. But there was a sense of, um, you know, there's, there's some despair in this world, as mm-hmm. we well know. And I felt um, what it came down to after talking to some friends, both Mexicans and um, foreigners in Mexico, was that they're aware that we're getting a good deal. Mm-hmm. And the eco- economics of it are are not entirely fair. And so I felt that, um, you know, I had to accept that I might not always be received uh, what super graciously or not even not graciously but it's not the old days of like yes bring in all the tourists we're so happy you're here and instead of holding that against them or being offended I thought yeah rightly so you know Mm -hmm. there's some struggle here and I will continue to try and be a a respectful visitor yes so thanks yeah Mm -hmm. that's that is an interesting twist to travel right now yes it is (laughs) viewpoints on Americans have maybe been shifting a bit lately. Yeah. Um, okay. So, what what would be your one top tip? Well, you have three things you've done that we've talked about: house sitting, which or pet sitting, 
which has been more informal. Um, we've talked about the house swap. I think you mentioned a website. Uh, and then we talked about extended travel, going to live somewhere abroad. So I don't know if right. we want to try to hit all three of those. But if you were to give, let's say, a tip for someone wanting to do the house swap, I think mm-hmm. you mentioned a website. Right, right. So what would be your top tip there? The My top tip <laughs> to to any of those scenarios is get this dream out of your head and onto paper and start making plans. Hmm. And, you know, this is going to sound very project managery, but I feel like it's really effective because I know, and I, I think this is really common. We get all these great ideas and we start chopping away with fears and reasons it's not going to work. And I don't have the money or the time or the whatever. So, I wrote down, um, you know, wanting more travel in my life was that simple. And that from that came my neighbor saying they use Intervac. And next thing I know, the house swap is working out quite easily. Yeah. So, you know, putting it down on paper and saying, what are some ways, what, are, what do I think is in the way of getting there? And then look at some ways to maybe find who else has done it talk to them, ask some questions, you know, me asking my boss, could I take four weeks at one time? Um, If you don't have that much vacation, I also, in one position, I asked that I not get my percentage um, cost of living bump, but a week vacation Hmm. instead. Nice. Right. So I would say if you get it, get some ideas down on paper or whatever your format is, just talking more to people and seeing what really, what you really can do some of these things. Great. Yeah. It's a great tip. Yeah. Getting it out of our minds and onto paper. Mm -hmm. I've heard people say, tell somebody, Mm -hmm. you know, just like start saying, I'm going to do this. Yes. Yes. Um, You know, start being accountable. Right. Making yourself accountable. Absolutely. Um, And any... How, why don't we say a tip for, you've already said some things that are kind of tips for being in living abroad, you know, being respectful. Um, but do you have a tip for if someone were, you know, going to do something like you, go live in Mexico mm-hmm, for a mm-hmm. year? I would say look at what the things, be aware of what comforts you want or you have at home right now and the things you enjoy, be it a routine or I'll say my Powell's coffee mug has traveled with me <laughs> to a number of places. Fantastic. Um, because once you're there, you're there. And yep. you want to know what are some things that bring me some comfort because this requires going out of our comfort zone. Yeah. Even the fancy hotel stays, we're still you're in transition, you're transporting between spots, you're tired, all that. It's like, what are, think about now at home, what are the things I rely on for comfort? What do I enjoy? Because I know I needed and wanted those things elsewhere in, in small supply. You know, it's like, oh, these five things, I find the yoga studio, I go get some fresh air on a hike outside of a big city, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Great. Yeah. That's That's a great tip. And um, also, I didn't ask this question, and I, I, I do like this question. How has your life changed since opening the door to more right. travel and going for this, just saying, I'm going to do this? How has your life changed? You know, besides, obviously, you lived in Mexico, but right, right. internally or right. You know, um, externally, too. You, 
<laughs> I actually discovered that I am a writer is one of the biggest things. Wow. Um, because I had pushed away the idea of doing a blog. And then once, uh, I don't know, after two months in Mexico, I really wanted to be sharing all these thoughts of everything I was seeing and doing. I started a blog. It's was, has been really well received. And then when I got back to Seattle, took a class at Hugo house and now I'm writing more. Wow. Um, so that's kind of a very more concrete, a surprise that mm -hmm. came out of it for me. But more than that, what I've learned is if you're, if we're okay sitting here right now, here today, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. So meaning I was in Mexico in a, in a dorm, not knowing where am I going to live next month and how am I going to get to the school and what, you know, I feel like if I can figure that out, I can keep figuring this stuff out. It's not, um, it's not unattainable, mm. and it's a lot used to seem more unattainable. Mm. So it's increased your sense of possibility and positivity, or mm -hmm. maybe just like um, can do it. I don't know what it, what I'm trying to say, but that word of just like I can do this. Yep, you I know, can do this. Possible. I don't yes. have to be. I don't have to be locked back by fear. Right. If you know, I just take it, take it as it comes, one thing at a time, and. Figure it out. And people used to say that, and it's certainly leading up to my trip. You can do it. It's it, it. Go for it. I didn't know it until I did it. Yes. And so I came back, and now I know. So when I look at the any next step, whatever it is, even if it's, you know, something unrelated to travel, mm -hmm. it's like, oh, yeah, no, I can do this, and so can you. Yeah, great. One of the many ways travel enriches our lives um, well, thanks so much. And where can we find that Thank blog? Thank you, Lisette. Where can we find that blog? Americana Mexicana. So it's Americana Mexicana dot WordPress okay. dot com. Dot com. Yes. And I'll put that in the link. Um, my current plan is I'm transcribing all of these podcasts and putting um, them on my uh, jetsetlizette.com awesome. website. So I'll have all the links there and people can find your blog and read up on what you're doing. Great. Thanks so much for joining me today. It's been great having you. Thank you. It's been an honor. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Globetrotter Lounge podcast. If you're interested in hearing other stories from women who have found creative ways to travel more for less, then I invite you to explore other Globetrotter Lounge podcast episodes at theglobetrotterlounge.com. And if you want a breakdown of the way that I've personally saved over $90,000 in travel costs, be sure to download a copy of the Globetrotter Roadmap to Free Travel. You can get it for free from RoadmapToFreeTravel.com. And if you're ready to dive even deeper into the world of travel hacking through credit card sign-up bonuses, you'll want to check out my online course, Jet Set 101, Becoming a Travel Hacker. It will teach you exactly how to start turning regular household spending into hundreds of thousands of airline miles and hotel points without damaging your credit score or going into debt. You can get more info at jetset101course.com. And if you just want to learn more about me, read my blog posts and get travel tips, subscribe to my email list, then go ahead and visit jetsetlizette.com. That's jetsetlizette.com. Thanks again for listening.